Hey there, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I get my show on Spotify and all the other places people love to listen? How can I make money with this podcast? And where do I want to host this show? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors so you can get paid to podcast. As an Anchor user myself, I love how easy it is to upload my podcast and the fact I can get to Spotify and other platforms. Plus, I love the fact I can now start making money with my talent and my podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. On episode 47 of the Gem of the Queen's Crown, we take a roll at the table as sports gambling is now legal according to the United States Supreme Court. And how is this going to affect the Cincinnati-Dayton area? One thing's for sure, you always bet on the gem. Welcome to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the podcast covering local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, CastBox, Anchor.fm, Acast, Radio Line, Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, Listen Notes, Radio Public, Podbay.fm, Audible, Playapod, Cloudcaster, GPotter.net, Feed, Pod Paradise, Digital Podcast, iVooks, Podcast Blaster, Podcast Pup, TheLeeWMowen.com and GemCitySports.com Music is provided by FreeStockMusic.com Now, on to the podcast with your host, Lee W. Mowen. likes fun facts to start out their episode talking local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Raise his hand. Okay, this is actually the second time I'm doing episode 47, because the first time I did it, it turned out to be about 20 minutes, I ran out of steam, and I thought it sucked. So, I'm redoing it. Hooray. Well, I give a big thank you to Garrett Gosslink on Twitter for suggesting this topic. It's something that I saw, I retweeted, which by the way, follow me on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon. I saw, I retweeted, and then I forgot about it. So, Garrett, thank you for making me remember that that's a big thing happening in the local sports scene in America, North America. Also, I'd like to take this time to say that the Gem of the Queen's Crown is now available on Wooshka, the breaker app on iOS... The App Store, I guess, is what the cool kids call it. RSS Radio, again, App Store, 
Auto Radio, Stereo, Messy.fm, and hopefully soon on Mixcloud. I put in my RSS feed to Mixcloud, and hopefully it'll be put up. And hopefully they won't say, Your podcast has too long of episodes. Go away. You know, like that. Also, there's something that I'm quite proud of. My press kit for the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Uh, Radio Public actually suggested that you make one, so I did. I used my webpage, which is theleewmallon.com. Click on the podcast tab, and it will tell you a little bit about the podcast itself, a little bit about me, my 12 favorite episodes. I couldn't think of just 10. Then again, I couldn't think of just 5. There, there are no order, Hearn. There are no order. I like I like all the interview ones, but I had to pick out, you know, the best. And I picked out my favorite solo episode as well. So, you can find out which 12 I adore with all my heart. You can also click on the links to listen on all the platforms. I know. So, hopefully soon I'll make new openings saying that you can do that and not just go to these platforms and, you know, you figure it out from here. So, press kit, press kit, press kit. Hooray! com slash podcast. Go visit it. I'm proud of it. Anyway, episode 47, take two. So, as I pointed out in the introduction, sports gambling is now legal in the United States of America. This is a law that's been around since 1992, and it was recently struck down. The source of my information is coming from an article on the Toledo Blade, published May 28, 2018, by a writer of the name of Jim Provence. There was also an article talking about this on the Columbus Dispatch, but it's got a paywall, so be warned. Basically, how is Ohio going to handle this new news of, hey, we can bet on sports, and it's legal? Well, there's one gentleman by the name of Rick Lertzman that is trying his best to make sure that Ohio wants it. And he's writing up a bill as we speak, looking to put it on the ballot for November 2019. Now, you may stare at your mobile device or your laptop or your toaster oven or I don't know how you listen to podcasts. You might stare at your device that you're using to listen to me and give me a strange look like, 2019? We're not in 2019 yet. Good point. The problem with trying to put it on this year's ballot, November 2018, is the fact that the deadline to put in a ballot is July 4th. And the date of recording, take two, is July 2nd, meaning that July 4th is Wednesday. You have literally three days to make sure everyone's okay with the writing, get your registered signers to... You know, sign off on it. Your registered voters to sign off on it. Again, I guess you could be a registered signer. I don't know. And then, there you go. You got three days to do that. I'm not seeing it happen. Because you need 306,000 valid signatures from registered voters in the state of Ohio to put it on the ballot. So, the aim is November 2019. So, Rick Lortzman is from the Open Ohio organization who's preparing the language for a constitutional amendment that would need voter approval for this. Some of the points on this article are talking about how there's seven racetrack slot parlors in the state of Ohio, 
Las Vegas-style casinos in Cincinnati and Columbus, Toledo and Cleveland. And yes, I did laugh at the fact that it's Las Vegas-style. I mean, when you think of casino, you don't think Las Vegas-style. I mean, what's Ohio-style? Put money on the Buckeyes! They're not even playing today. I don't care, just do it! Maybe you can bet on Cleveland not having an 0-16 team this year, hopefully. I'm rooting for your Browns. But you get my point. Las Vegas-style casino made me laugh a little bit. But, you know, you gamble on games, you lose money. You probably lose more money than you get money. But you get what I'm saying. There's a casino in Cincinnati. It's Jack. And I forget what the old name of it is. I want to say it's Hollywood, but I think that's the one in Lawrenceburg or Rising Sun, Indiana. Not quite sure on that, actually. The goal of Rick Lertzman is to spread the wealth. And I don't mean that money-wise. I mean, where can you bet on sports legally in the state of Ohio? Rick Lertzman doesn't just want to see casinos have all the glory. And some of the points that he would like to share it with. Fraternal organizations like the Elks, Veterans of Foreign Wars, Bowling Alleys. Sports bars, which makes a lot of sense. You go there to watch sports. Why not gamble on them there? Restaurants. Now, there's one place that is excluded from this, and it's corner stores that sell Ohio lottery tickets. You have no idea how many times I said corner stones. In fact, I can guarantee you I said that about seven of the nine takes I've done for episode 47. I was not a happy man. Let's leave it at that. Now, if this is allowed, allowing slot machines in those type of places, it'd be the first time outside casino slash racino in Ohio. Rick Lartzman's writing the language for the bill, aiming for November 2019, like I mentioned. And like I said, three days to get, you know, 306,000 registered voters to sign off on it, get the language okayed, put on the ballot. That's... <sighs> I, I don't know if I could do that. I probably can't. So, look for it next year, Ohioans. And, to me, you know what? I'm fine with gambling. Am I a gambler myself? Heck no. You think I have money? <laughs> to me, I feel like gambling, if it keep it under control... It's an okay hobby. I don't know why you want to waste money like that, but, you know, this is coming from a guy that hasn't had a lot of money in his life, which is fine. I feel like sports gambling in Ohio would be nice. Would I do it? Probably not. But I feel, like I said, if you keep it under control, if you realize you're starting to have a problem, call those gambling hotlines that the casinos are required to put on after every commercial, at least on the radio, TV, I don't know. Does it really destroy the integrity of sports, though? This is something I put on my notes. You're always going to have your bunch of bad apples that ruin the whole thing. My take on it is, no, if you enjoy it, you put a couple bucks on the big game, we'll say Bengals-Browns, you put couple bucks to say Bengals win by seven. 
mean, that's harmless fun. And go enjoy it with your Bengals fans and the Browns fans, you know. Because we are all representing the state of Ohio. And, you know, there's a lot of Browns fans in the Dayton area just because of the fact that Cleveland's got more football history than Cincinnati does. And personally, I feel that, yeah, sports betting, it's okay, as long as you know your limits. Now, some of the big issues, I'm going back to the Toledo Blade article for a minute. Again, Jim Provance wrote it on May 28, 2018. You can find it online to Toledo Blade. Right now, the big thing is, I kind of touched on this. Where are we going to be betting? I mentioned that. There's three concerns by Senator, State Senator Joe Schiavone. He's the Democrat from Boardman, not a defenseman, like I was about to say. I'm sorry, I'm used to hockey and soccer. Give me a break. And he's been approached by Senators Bill Coley, a Republican out of Westchester, and Republican out of Chardon. John Eklund, trying to work it out. Three concerns. Where? What's a reasonable tax rate for the industry? And what's fair to the better? And where are the funds going to be dedicated at? Meaning, here's all the money those gamblers lost. Ha ha! That'll be good for a rainy day. Or, something I hope, put it in education. Put it in roads. Put it in something that's going to be useful to the general public. By general public, I mean Ohio citizens, not, you know, well, I guess it'd be general public, but you get where I'm going with. The big thing is they don't want gambling expansion. Money just goes into the pot, and then pot's lost. Where's that money going? Mm -hmm. Like I said, not going to talk about the entire thing. You can find it on ToledoBlade.com. I believe it's ToledoBlade.com, actually. So, whatever you think about gambling, it's probably going to be an issue that's brought up in the upcoming future. And I suggest, you know, once the bill is written, once it comes out ready for, you know, the general people to come out and vote, read the language. Make sure you know what it's good for. You don't just want to lose money on sports, like, haha, there's your money, bye. It's going into this giant pot that we're not allowed to touch, and it's just going to go into, you know, politicians' pockets. It's not going to do diddly squat for education, you know, general infrastructure, like bridges that need to be replaced. I, I feel like anymore, it used to be in the mid-2000s, you couldn't escape, like, here's a house that's burnt down, stories, to... Hey, you see this bridge? It's falling apart. And I know there's a lot of bridges around here that could be replaced. But I feel like I'm going to vote yes on this as long as it's going to a good thing in Ohio. It's not just going to go into, you know, politicians' pockets. In that case, pff, heck no on that. So, I encourage you, do your research, and no matter how you feel on gambling, please be careful of your money. Okay? Please be careful. So, the big thing about Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio is, like I mentioned, there's the 
Las Vegas-style casino in Cincinnati, Jack, by uh, the Great American Ballpark. Well, actually, it's close to the 471 and 71 out there type of thing, but you get my point. It's it's close to downtown Cincinnati. We have a couple of racetracks. You know, I'm not sure if the Lebanon racetrack is still a thing. I don't think it is, because the Miami Valley Gaming racetrack on 63 by Monroe you can see that off the highway. It's so bright at night. And then you see everyone calls Hugging Jesus. I say I still say it's WTF Jesus. It's still not as good as Touchdown Jesus. If you don't get these references, it's a church. And they had a big, big statue of Jesus. It got struck by lightning. Was that ten years ago? How long was that? Oh my goodness, I'm old. No, uh, how long was was that and they replaced it eventually it was weird right after all the statue melted from the lightning strike it, it looked like a terminator looked crying out like maria you know because that's funny so in cincinnati and dayton you got your pro sports in cincinnati and mark schlemmer who's been a common guest on this podcast always says you're close to a lot of things, so you're not stuck with, you know, just Cincinnati sports. You can like Columbus sports, Save the Crew. You can like Indianapolis. You can like Toledo up there. You can like Fort Wayne if you want to. You can like Cleveland. We really are the intersection of America here. At least I think that's what that sign on 1775 says. Crossroads of the Heartlands? Crossroads of America? Yeah, it's that second one. For me... Do you do you see a lot of local sports being bet upon? And local does not equal Ohio State. That's Columbus. I do a podcast on Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. I don't know. I don't know how far the sports betting hole goes to. I know pro- popular sports, your big major sports will get bets. That's no problem. We're talking like amateur soccer, you know, collegiate baseball during the summer. Probably not. I don't know, though. Thing is, I... The closest I've ever stepped into casino was Dave and Buster's. And, you know, it's money. You play for games. You get tickets. And then you go get prizes. And I never have enough tickets because I'm not good at anything. And just... Ugh. Basically... I don't know how it will work in Ohio. What I'm telling you is it could have a nice impact if it's going to the right places, the money that is. If the money's going to the right places, it could have a nice effect in the Cincinnati Dane area. Pro sports, you got Bengals. FC Cincinnati's joining MLS next year. You got the Reds, of course. Which, by the way, how about those Reds? We'll talk a little bit about it after the topic's over. And you got the Blue Jackets. You got Cleveland Cavaliers, which we'll talk a little bit about the news. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm going to be talking about. You have, like like I said, you have a lot of options just locally. And, of course, sports betting isn't just, you know, landlocked. You're not locked into... Well, can I put 50 bucks on the Warriors sweeping the Cavs in the finals type of thing? You're not landlocked on that. You're not locked into 
that, you have the major sports. MLB, NBA, NFL, MLS to some extent, but I don't know how how big sports betting is on Major League Soccer. Did I say NHL? I think I said NHL. I'm not sure on that, actually. Also, I don't know for NHL and MLS and M- NBA. You have teams across the border in Canada. Mainly Toronto. And I'm not sure what the Canadian law is on sports betting up there. It could just be, oh yeah, go ahead and spend your money type of thing. But Pretty much, I'm not 100% sure on how this will work in Ohio. What I do know is, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing, too. Once the bill comes out, read it, do some research, and vote the way you want to vote. Also, always bet the gem. Ha ha ha, that's from the intro. You remember that? I'm funny. And I guess that wraps it up. Pretty much, sports betting is a thing in the United States of America. There's always, there's already a couple of states that have taken it to their government, their state government. I think Delaware is one of them. Is Colorado one of them? I'm not sure. I think Delaware is one of them. I think they're like the first one up after it was announced, hey, sports betting's legal, go nuts. But I'm not 100% sure on that. It might be coming to Ohio, it might not. Now, since this is the second take of episode 47, I would like to talk about local sports. I feel like I haven't done that in a while for some reason. We'll start with talking about those Cincinnati Red Legs. How about those Reds? How many pitchers have cranked out home runs and grand slams? Michael Lorenzen with a pair of grand slams and two weekends? How sweet was that four-game sweep against the Chicago Cubs? That was pretty dynamite. Splitting two out of four against Milwaukee? I'll take it. That's a first-place team. That's a strong team. I mean, Milwaukee's got hitting. Eric Thames, of course, has made uh, Reds fans' lives miserable in the past few seasons. And that series in Atlanta taking two or three there. That's, that's some good baseball. Reds have been playing very strong as of late. And I like listening to how, to how well they've done. These past few weeks. That 3-18 and 18 start. It's behind them. They're still in a pretty big under 500 hole. Let's not kid ourselves. It's not like, you know, World Series or bust. Can the Reds make a wild card spot? Possibly. You need the cards to fall in the right place. Oh my god, I just realized the gambling pun. Ugh. You, you need... You need to keep winning. You need to keep taking care of business. Win series. Pick up a couple sweeps here and there is nice. Just keep playing strong ball. And good things will happen. 
In terms of the trade deadline coming up, there are a couple teams looking at some parts. I hear Adam Duvall is something that some teams are eyeing on. Rysel Iglesias, very, very strong, very, very club-friendly contract. It's There has been some bumps in the road as of late. You've probably already heard this by now, but the top prospect in the Cincinnati organization, Nick Senzel, is out for the year. He got, he got it successfully repaired. Now it's getting back on the road, and hopefully next year we'll see him in a Cincinnati Reds jersey, Nick Senzel. Jonathan India, uh, reportedly... Uh, signed his contract, and will be heading soon to the bottom level of the farm. Possibly rookie ball, maybe single A. I don't have these answers in my cards. Dang, that's the second one. I don't have the answer on that. I mean, India and the Florida Gators did go far in the College World Series. Didn't win the whole thing. That's Oregon State against Arkansas, which, congratulations to the Beavers and the Dayton Flyers opponent, Arkansas Razorbacks, for a good series, good show. Indians played a lot of tough teams in this College World Series. You, you have to. It's pretty tight in the CWS. And the Gators made a very good journey through it. Do you think India needs a little time in rookie ball? Get acquainted with, you know, minor league pitching? Maybe. Is sending him to Dayton a mistake? I'm not sure. Now keep in mind, there's two rookie league teams for Cincinnati. You got the Billings Mustangs, who have been with Cincinnati since the 80s, and first year Greenville Reds. No, not in Greenville, Ohio. I wish. But that'd be cool, though, wouldn't it? Especially if I was working there announcing and broadcasting. That'd be great. Now, this is Greenville, Tennessee, and it's spelled just like Green County in Ohio with three E's. Also like Hunter Green, which we'll talk about Hunter Green when I talk about the Dragons, but yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, while we're talking about the Greenville Reds, best name in sports, Cash Case. Changed my mind. Cash Case. He's an infielder for Greenville, and it'd be pretty cool to see him in Dayton next year, just on the name alone, but I think he's batting around 270. Last time I checked, for the Greenville Reds. Also, the Greenville Reds have a very cool logo. They have a, a raccoon hat in uh, Cincinnati Reds colors, which is red and white, on top of Mr. Redlegs, you know, with the mustache and all. That's, that's pretty cool. However, their letter logo... You know how the Green Bay one looks smooth and it's rounded at the end? This one's got the wishbone C, and at the end, it's got the G, which, eh, I, 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 it's alright. It's not my favorite, but it's alright. And how about those Dayton Dragons? Well, after the All-Star break, the second half began. Dayton did not get a playoff spot in the first half. But, there's a chance in the second half. You play your 70 games right, and you might have yourself a playoff spot. Dayton did not get a good start. In the first four games, they were swept by the South Bend Cubs on a pair of 3-2 games, a 5-2 game, and a 10-4 game. So Dayton got swept at home, and then managed to win and sweep the Great Lakes Loons, which the Loons are having a rough year. I think their losing streak went up to 14, 15, before they picked up their first win in the second half. 
Great Lakes is a single-A affiliate of the Los Angeles Dodgers, by the way, where Staten is for the Reds, which makes it pretty nice during baseball season to talk about Cincinnati and then jump to Dayton. Since then, uh, Dayton has swept Great Lakes at home and took two out of four from South Bend. Should have been three out of four, but things happen. Sometimes your closer isn't as strong, and sometimes, you know, the other team gets to them. That's what South Bend did. It was 12-10, the mid-ninth. This was, what was it, Saturday's game? So I go into Walmart. I need to pick up a couple things. I go into Walmart, and I come back out, and it's top 10. Like, really? Top of the 10? So... I think that's John Geisel's second blown save of the year. He's been very, very strong. He was on top of the Midwest League for saves. He split that with Brian Glowicki, who is a member of the South Bend Cubs, single A of the Chicago Cubs. Formerly South Bend Silverhawks, which I think Silverhawks is the better name, but whatever. I don't do team names. I just talk about them. So, Dayton's won five of the last seven. They are at East Lake, Ohio, against the Lake County Captains for two. And that's the single A of the Cleveland Indians. And then July 4th and 5th, Dayton's back home. They'll host Lake County for two. And July 4th, if you live near Dayton, you will be treated to a nice fireworks display. You can get your tickets, DaytonDragons.com. You can come on in, watch a game against the captains. Lake County, eh, not a great year thus far for the captains, but still dangerous team. You gotta take each team seriously, and you gotta play your best game every day. I'm not a coach or, you know, anything like that. Just, you know, play your game, beat the team. Lake County did sweep Dayton up in East Lake. The, was it this? That was the Third to last road series up there. This was when Dayton just took two out of three from Lansing at home. Lansing was the first place team at the time, and they end up finishing second, meaning they got the wild card in the first half. Lansing, single of Toronto. And then things look like, hey, Dragons might be able to sneak in the first half. And then we got swept at Lake County, so that pretty much eliminated the Dragons from first half playoff play. Second half is wide open, though. You got Fort Wayne, South Bend, Lake County, Great Lakes, and Dayton. You got six teams, and West Michigan, I'm sorry. You got six teams vying for the last two playoff spots in the East. It goes same for the West, and Dayton pretty soon will have interleague play. Two series at home against West opponents, and two on the road. And this year's road is Wisconsin and Beloit. Lloyd had an elder beerman. That's your Dayton connection right there. Woo. And also Fran Reardon, who was the manager of the Richmond Roosters when they won back-to-back Frontier League titles. And you wondered where it was going with that. And I think it's Kane County and Quad Cities making the trip out. Burlington and Clinton was on the road in the first half. We have Peoria... I'm trying to think of the other team. Cedar Rapids? No. Yeah, Cedar Rapids. Because I always say, hey, their mascot's corn. Because of the Colonels. I like that name. It's a great name. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'm pretty sure I got that right. DaytonDragons.com or MILB.com slash Dayton. If I'm wrong, yell at me at the normal address. 
Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon. So, Dragons have won five of the last seven. They're a game under 500 for the second half. A couple games overall under 500. And, like I mentioned, two at Lake County and then two at home versus Lake County before they hit the road for a couple more games and then come home for six next week. Now we jump from the baseball diamond to soccer. Very exciting times for local soccer here. No news about the Dayton Dynamo, which makes me sad. But Dayton Dutch Lions are having themselves a heck of a year. In fact, yours truly was the PA announcer for last Saturday's match at home against the Michigan Bucks. That was my first time at Doc Stadium since the 2015 season. That was when there was no press box. We were all outside in hot, humid weather conditions, which was fine. We made do. We withstood a couple of rainstorms, still called games. It was, uh, we got, we got done. And then things happened, and I was with the Dynamo for two seasons. But I got a feeling opportunity with the Dutch Lions on Saturday. It was really, really cool. Press box is nice at Doc Stadium. And it was nice seeing a couple of Raiders and a couple of Flyers that I see during the fall season, my PA gigs, with the Dutch Lions. Dayton is 6-2-3. and three. That's wins, losses, and ties, or draws. They just drew with the Michigan Bucks 2-2. And Dayton is still on top of the Central Conference's Great Lakes Division. Three games left for the Dutch Lions. Two of them are in Cincinnati at NKU Soccer Stadium, which is a nice, nice field. Go visit there. And one at home July 15th against Lansing United. Cincinnati took the game at Doc Stadium 2-0, and Cincinnati has been unbeaten in seven straight, which is a club record. Cincinnati is 4-2-3. That's four wins, two losses, and three draws. With four left to play, the host Dayton twice, and then take road trips to Michigan and West Virginia. That's the Bucks in the chaos there. We look at this graph made by Chad Hollingsworth on Twitter at Chad Hall. And if my computer doesn't freeze, I can tell you, to clinch a playoff spot, you'll need 28 points. And if you can't get 16 points, you're eliminated. There is one team eliminated already, and that's Louisville, Kentucky's Derby City Rovers. They have a point. They drew with the Dutch Lions of Cincinnati earlier in the season. And the most they can get is 10. You need to get 16. Derby City is out of the running for the playoffs. I think you need to be top two in the Great Lakes to get a spot. So right now, Dayton has 21. They lead the pack. Lansing United, four points behind, 17. They can get 26. West Virginia, Michigan, and Cincinnati both have 15. The Dutch Lions, because they have more games, they can get more. They can get 30 points. Michigan can get 27, and West Virginia can get 24. So, pretty much the second spot is anyone's game, and if Dayton can hold strong, get some revenge on Cincinnati for their home loss to the Cincy Dutch Lions, who knows? All I know is this Dutch Lions team is fun to watch. And this has been one of the most successful Dutch Lions teams in their history. They've been around since, what was it, 2009? 2010? They spent a couple of years before going to USL Pro in the PDL, then went to Pro, 
Uh, one year they qualified for the USL Pro Playoffs as an 8 seed. That was a good year for Dutch Lions, but they lost to the Richmond Kickers, if I believe. So this could be the year that the Dayton Dutch Lions make the playoffs in the PDL. Like I said, three more to play. Lansing United is at Dock Stadium July 15th at 4 o'clock. In case it's hot like it was Saturday, bring lots of water and sunscreen. Because remember, it's a 4 o'clock game. It's afternoon. You'll probably see a lot of sun. So, that's your look at the Dayton and Cincinnati Dutch Lions. Meant to do it in different points. But, both Dutch Lion teams in Southwest Ohio are having a pretty good year. Now we look at FC Cincinnati. You know about them going to the MLS, and you probably know that FC Cincinnati is rolling. 34 points, they have won three of their last five, and they drew the other two. They drew at Toronto FC 2, which is last in the Eastern Conference of the USL. Probably a game that FC Cincinnati wants back. Uh, not probably. It is a game they'd like back, but you can't take games back. FC Cincinnati, 10 wins, 3 losses, and 4 draws, and 34 points to boot to lead the Eastern Conference. Second place, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds SC Club, 28 points with a 7-1-7 record, and just for future references, wins, losses, ties, slash draws. That's how I'm going to read the records. Nashville in third place, 7-3-5, Louisville City, who just lost their head coach, O'Connor to Orlando City, I believe. That's MOS poaching USL coach. Louisville City was in second place. Now 7-3-5 and in fourth. Actually tied for third with Nashville. I beg your pardon. This is by points. Indy 11 out of Indianapolis, as you might you know, know from the first word I just said. Indy 11, 7-4-4, and 25 points. Charleston, 6-3-7, Charlotte, 6-5-6, and, and Bethlehem and the Steel FC, 6-5-5. That is 25-25, Indian Charleston, only tied for 5th by points. Charlotte in 7th, Bethlehem in 8th, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And underneath the playoff bubble line, New York Red Bulls 2, 5-5-7, Penn FC, former Harrisburg City Islanders, 5-4-7, and seven. I do like the Penn FC name and the new logo upgrade. I think it was much needed. Tampa Bay Rowdies, 5-6-4. and four. North Carolina FC, 5-7-3. and three. Ottawa Fury, who FC Cincinnati just beat at home 2-0. They are in 13th place, actually tied for 12th place, 5-7-3. and three. Richmond Kickers, not Richmond, Indiana, Richmond, Virginia, as you probably already guessed. 4-9-2, and two. Atlanta United 2-2-8-5. Two, two, and Toronto FC 2, 0-13-3. And, and Toronto FC has the lowest goal differential in the Eastern Conference with negative 24, meaning they have scored 24 less goals than given up. And that is the lowest in the USL. FC Cincinnati's goals differential is at plus 14, which is third best behind Orange County SC of the Western Conference, plus 16, and in second place in the Western with the best goal differential, plus 19, Phoenix Rising FC. That's a cool name. 
We'll look at the Western Conference while we're here. Royale, Monarchs, SLC. That's pretty much Royale, Salt Lake 2. 12-3-1. Phoenix Rising, like I said, best goal differential in the USL. 10-3-5. Sacramento Republic, 8-5-5. Swope. Is that Swope or Swope? Swope. That sounds better, but I don't know what it is. Swope Park Rangers, 8-4-4. Four, four. Reno, 1868 FC, 7-3-7. Seven, and seven. Orange County SC, 8-5-3. Portland Timbers, 2 eight seven two, And Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC, 7-8-3. That is a tongue twister there. Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC. And underneath the playoff line, Fresno FC at 5-7-7. St. Louis FC, 5-5-7. San Antonio FC, 5-4-6. Las Vegas Lights FC, 4-6-5. OKC Energy FC, 5-10-1. LA Galaxy 2, 4-9-4. Rio Grande Valley FC, 1-6-9. Seattle Sounders FC, 2-3-9-2. And in 17th place in the West, Tulsa Roughnecks FC, 1-8-8. and Their goal differential is negative 21, which is not the lowest. It's negative 24 from Toronto FC, 2. So that covers your soccer look. That covers your baseball look. And that will do it for episode 47 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown. But before we go, I don't know how much I mentioned it on episode 46, which is the one with Michael Hearn. Which, thank you, Michael, for sharing the episode out on your website, michaelhearn.com, if you'd like to see it. Episode 52 is going to celebrate one year of me doing my podcast. And after years and years and years of talking, I'm going to have a sports podcast and buying a blue snowball. Uh, I finally got it done. Look at me now. There's just an empty space. Actually, let's take a look at me now. Dang it! I messed up my Phil Collins reference. Whatever I would do. Folks, if you have suggestions, what you'd like to hear for my one-year anniversary show, let me know. I got, what, 20 days to make my plans for episode 52? Which I was planning to have, you know, kind of like a celebration of all the episodes I've done. If I do two weeks of two episodes, I will catch up to 52, which... Pretty much after I get done recording this, I'll probably start episode 48. I do have a couple ideas, but not sure how it'll go. We'll see. But yeah, if you have suggestions, please reach out to me. Uh, Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon, Facebook, Lee W. Mallon, Facebook page, The Gem of the Queen's Crown, or Twitter for the podcast, Gem on Queen Crown. Again, I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. And I want to thank you for giving me your time of day. As we'll wrap out 47 with a couple more gambling puns. Snake eyes, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. That's Terminator. I ran out of puns, oh no. Again, suggestions, episode 52. Let me know. I'll see what I can do. And talk to you again, episode 48. Thank you for listening to the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Acast, Radio Public, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, 
Overcast.fm, BeyondPod, Podbay.fm, and Listen Notes by searching Gem in the Queen's Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, and follow on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Follow the host on Twitter and Facebook at The Lee W. Mowen. Visit TheLeeWMowen.com and GemCitySports.com. Music provided by FreestockMusic.com. Music